Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. We got a brand new member to the worship team. <laughs> Jacqueline, come on. She's back on the platform. It's awesome to see her up there. For those of you who are new saying, what do you mean? Well, she's just she had a baby just a few months ago, and so uh, she's been attending to a little baby, and so she's back just to help us minister, and so, man, it's good to see her back up there. Amen? Amen. What do we do? We lose some lights or something? All of a sudden, got dark. Did I, did I lose my glow? <laughs> I keep telling my wife, I'm, I've got a sunshiny demeanor, <laughs> and she said, you better think twice. Amen. <laughs> Ah. Hey, listen, if you came in today, uh, depending on what time you came in, you may not have received one, but uh, our intent was to give you a uh, label or a, a little card with a little name badge thing. And so if you didn't get one of those, we just want to make sure you get one of those. If you'll just raise your hand and our usher will serve you, uh, we'll, they'll just hand it to you. And that way you got it because that's just going to tie in with our service today. And uh, today I want to talk to you about labels. Uh, how many of you know that labels uh, have a way of sticking to you, right? I mean, they just stick to you, and they have a way of affecting our lives. And in fact, just this past week, I went up to my daughter's school. She's in middle school, and she's playing basketball now. And uh, she was talking about this young girl that's on her team that just seems to be this bossy little thing, and uh, it just seems like the coaches weren't necessarily uh, addressing some things, and so I thought, well, I'm going to go up there and hang out just to watch some practice and just find out who this little sassy thing is, and so when I went in there, you know, and just kind of watched the girl, well, then I began to think, okay, I, I, I got the girl's number. In fact, she, she wasn't real athletic, and so you could tell that this girl was just more of an insecure girl, and so she talked a lot just simply because she... Uh, really didn't have the skills to back up, you know, anything else. And so I don't say that to be critical, but you just begin to assess people by looking at them, right? Isn't it interesting how when we look at people, we attach labels to them, right? In fact, my daughter, she went into the gymnasium or into the locker room, the girls' locker room there, and was changing to get ready for basketball. And so I was standing out in the uh, little foyer there, the the doorway, and uh, kids were getting out of school, and they were coming and going. And so it kind of took me back to those school days of when you were there. And as you're looking at all these teenagers that are congregating, that are coming and going, once again, you start labeling the kids. I mean, there's a group that are huddled here, and you can tell those are the volleyball players. The other ones start walking down the hallway, and you're like, those are the band people. Then the other ones come walking through, and you can tell they're the cross-country track people. And then there are those that are just hanging around and the boys and the girls that are just hanging on each other. I'm so in love, you know. It's like, get off of one another. It's like, golly, <laughs> you know. And so I'm sitting there and I'm looking at all these kids. And as I'm looking at them, like I said, you're starting to assign labels to them. Not in a bad way, but that's just life, isn't it? Life, we just put labels on individuals. And there have been labels that have been put on us. And unfortunately, many of us have carried labels on ourselves that have affected us uh, in, in a negative light. You know, and with my daughters, you know, they're, 
I've got daughters that are just extreme in their personalities. The one that she's just very quiet, very timid. The other one, I mean, she's just a right fighter. She'll get up in your face for the sake of just proving a point. You know, that's just kind of her demeanor. But, you know, when I, I look at them and they tell me some things that are happening at school and you think, dear God, I can't believe that kids act that way. You know, I'm thinking, I don't remember kids acting that way when I was, you know, a kid or, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's just because if they acted that way, I'd punch them in the nose. I don't know. It's just, you know, it just, it's this wild to hear the way kids act. And, you know, we say this to our kids, you know, sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, you realize labels are nothing more than words. But how many of you have experienced that words hurt? Words hurt to the core of an individual. Words have a way of sticking with us and affecting our lives. And Jesus was very aware of this, that when it comes to labels, labels are significant. It's important whether or not you allow yourself to be labeled or how you allow yourself to be labeled. And so I want to pick up here in Matthew chapter 16, starting in verse 13. Jesus, he's speaking to his disciples and There's several points here that I I, I was able to find that the Lord just brought out to me concerning this interaction with Jesus. And it says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say that you're John the Baptist and some say that you're Elijah. Some say you're Jeremiah or others even say that you're, 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 you're one of the prophets. In verse 15 it says, and then he said to them, But who do you say that I am? In verse 16, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. You know, I find it interesting as we see this story unfold because he asked the question, who do people say that I am? Now, if you have read your Bible or even watched any kind of stories on television, you'll know that people said all kinds of things about Jesus, right? In fact, a lot of what people were saying, especially those that were religious leaders, were not saying very favorable things about him. They were saying a lot of negative things. You're a heretic. Man, you're from the very pit of hell, right? You're a blasphemer. And they were constantly criticizing him and labeling him really as a false prophet or false in representation. But I find it interesting that when Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? And they began to answer. Did you notice that he interrupted Peter and stopped him before he got to the negative? He said, some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say that you're Jeremiah. Some say that you're Elijah. Some that say you're one of the prophets. And then he could have continued to go on. But Jesus stopped in and says, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Come on, are you getting what I'm saying? Because, see, you're going to have all kinds of labels that are assigned to you. 
whether they were labels that you received as a child and you've carried them with you, whether it's labels you receive as you have went to school or have went to the workplace or in your marriage or whatever it may be, you are carrying labels that define you, that determine your outcome, that determine the course of your life, and you've got to come to a place where you will stop the negative label. Because there's going to be negative labels. Things that people say about you. And unfortunately, you know, the worst labels and the most hurtful labels that we assign or that we have assigned to us are the ones that we have given ourselves. Are you like I am? I mean, maybe maybe you're a whole lot better than I am. But I'm telling you what, I am my worst critic. I mean, I don't need enemies because I can do a really good job of beating my own self up. Right? And so we've got to be intentional that we are going to stop the negative words and the labels that have been assigned to us. You see, there are old labels that we have carried, but you know that there are new labels as well. But oftentimes it's the old labels that reinforce the new labels, and it's the new labels that reinforce the old labels. And we've just got to come to the determination that I am not going to carry the negative labels. As I said, remember that labels are nothing more than words. And words will either limit you or propel you. These words that are labels that we have allowed ourselves to be identified with, they will cause us to be uh, uh, free and liberated or they will cause us to be enslaved. The Bible says this over in the book of James. It says that words or our tongue is like the rudder on a ship. It says a a rudder is a very small part of the ship, but it has the ability to turn the huge ship in a direction that the captain chooses. The captain is the one that is steering it, but it also likens it that the rudder is your tongue, and you are the captain of your own ship, and whatever you are identifying with, saying about yourself, or labeling yourself as is the direction that your life will take as a result of what you identify with. The Bible also says this. It says that there is life in death in the power of the tongue. So again, from that story, one of the things that we have to be intentional with is to stop the negative labeling on ourselves. Now, you also got to be careful that you just don't allow yourself to be inflated with all the good things too, (laughs) right? You know what I mean? You can take that in the ditch. You know, just tell me all the nice things. I like hearing that. I like hearing all the good stuff. And before too long, you're not being realistic with who you really are, right? Number two, again, as we see Jesus, as he's saying, who do people say that I am? What are the labels that people are putting on me? One of the things that we find very significant in the life of Jesus is that Jesus had a support system of people that are around him. And people that were around him that believed in him. Come on, how many of you know you need people in your life that believe in you? I said that will believe in you and believe with you. Right? How many of you know there's, a, there's enough people out there that would tell you the junk that you don't want to hear? You need to find some people that you can surround yourself, that you can believe with and will believe like you and stand through the thick and thin. And supports you when all the chips are down. 
Jesus said this. He says, who do you say that I am? He said, I asked you what they said. I asked you about their labels. But I'm interested in really what I want to know and what makes uh, most impact on my life is I want to know who you say that I am. Because who you say that I am is what matters to me most. Amen? I value you. I want to know what you have to say about me. I think I've said this before. You know, if, if I preach a message and you all come to me and pat me on the back and say, Pastor, that was awesome. You know what? That makes me feel great. But I'll have enough negative comments on Facebook or whoever else that will take me down enough pegs, you know, to, to, to balance it out. But you know what? If my wife says to me, Babe, that was amazing. That was so good. Because she's the one that matters to me. Her opinion, her labels, who do you say that I am? When she stands behind me and says, babe, that was amazing. Man, I'm telling you what, you all could say I stunk the high heaven. But man, if she said I was good, whoo, I feel good. Right? Because I need to find those people that will speak the truth in love and love me, believe in me, and believe with me. But how many of you also know you don't need just yes men around you? You need people that care about you enough that will speak the truth. Paul says this over in Ephesians. He says, I I desire to speak the truth in love. You got enough people that will speak truth and all they're looking to do is to criticize you, right? Knock you down a few pegs. But there's something to be had for somebody that believes in you that loves you enough to speak truth in love. You know, I've had my wife do that to me before. Babe, this is how you're doing right now. Whether it's being a pastor, whether it's being a father, she'll speak truth in love because she cares about me. She cares about the outcome. I might try to justify it, and she's like, well, wait a minute, no, no, don't, don't try to make excuses here. This, this is the real deal. Well, she's not doing it to try to hurt me. She's trying to do it to help me, right? And so we need to surround ourselves with the right people. Number three concerning this story and just what we see Jesus taking from this and just the labels that we have assigned to our lives. We see this in verse 16. It says, Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus said this. He said, You have not receive this from any other source but from God so when we surround ourselves with those people we need to have people that are surrounded by us that don't just look at the face value in just the surface when it came to Jesus there were enough people that were saying negative things that his disciples could have agreed with them and said well you know what there's more that are saying the negative things than the positive things and so maybe we're just on the wrong side and we'll chime in with those that are against Jesus right You see there are all kinds of things that present themselves in the natural I said that my wife is my biggest supporter If you was to ask her, hey, can you give us a list of things that he's messed up, missed it, and did wrong? Oh, sure, she could write you a book. Right? But she looks beyond the surface and searches her heart 
to find out the heart of God and the mind of God in the matter. And that's what Jesus said to Peter. He says, you've looked beyond the surface and you, 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 you searched inside. And God revealed this to you. And so you partnered with me and that how you see me is through the eyes of faith. Amen? Come on, husbands, wives, moms and dads. There are things that have happened that you can assign a label to your spouse or to your children and that's all you allow yourself to see. And it may have been something that really hurts you. But you've got to choose to say, if this is the person that I'm choosing to do life with, I'm going to have to dig deep and see through the eyes of faith this person because God sees them differently than I do. God, help me see this man, this woman, this child the way that you see. I mean, I think back to growing up and some of the stupid stuff that I did. Man, I can remember one time coming home after just a night out and dad smells me and he's like, what the heck are you doing? He said, how in the world did you ever start doing that? He says, we don't do that. He said, what makes you want to do that kind of stuff? I'm like, I don't know, Dad. I don't know. You know, I just want to, you know. But yet, that was the surface. That was the momentary circumstance. But there was a time when I remember mom and dad with my pastors downstairs in our house, and I'm trying to sneak up the stairs, and they're downstairs praying for me. And that kid, in fact, let me just tell you something about myself because we just, we just had lunch with our, uh, our friends. They, they were our pastors, or my pastors at the time. And they always bring this up. And I'm thinking, quit labeling me that way. <laughs> that was a long time ago. So this is kind of a confessional. <laughs> I feel like I'm on trial. Don't judge me, all right? It's a long time ago. The yearbook was back when I was 17 years old. <laughs> anyway, but you know, back in the day, uh, you could go to certain clubs at the age of 18. Those clubs that are down on Dort Highway. You know what I'm talking about? You know, and you hang around the wrong crowds, you know, you might end up finding yourself going to a pretty crazy club. Well, you know, I happened to be a winner that day and got a hat. And so the hat had the logo of the establishment that I was at. And I'm just going to leave it at that, all right? But I came into church one day wearing that hat and just thinking I was as cocky as could be. And I'm like, I'm wearing my hat proud. And my pastor says, what in the world are you wearing that hat in this church for? I said, it's just a hat. He said, it might be just a hat, but that's not who you are. Right? I mean, I did a lot of stupid stuff when I was a kid. And there could be a lot of labels that were attached to me that says, look at what you've done. Look at how you're acting. Look at where you're at. Look at at what you should be doing. But here I am today standing before you as a pastor preaching the gospel when I did have a past that was a label, but that no longer is who I am. Amen? Why? Because somebody believed in me and saw through the eyes of faith that looked beyond just some of the stupid stuff that I was doing and was able to believe in me. That's what we need to be. We need to be those kind of friends that can look past the stuff in people's lives. 
to not judge them, to not label them, but say, you know what, I'm going to love you in faith in spite of what you're doing right now. Come on, isn't that one of the biggest things that we hear about church is that they're just judgmental. People ought to be able to come in here and feel loved. And their lifestyle might be out in open and everybody knows exactly what they're doing. But nevertheless, come in here and not be judged, not be labeled, but to say we're going to love you and in faith see beyond who you are right now. Amen. As I was preparing my notes for this message, I found myself saying this to the Lord. Because as a pastor, you know, you just care for people. And I said this out loud in my office at the house as I was getting ready. I said, Lord, I said, sometimes I believe I want more for people than they want for themselves. And here's what the Lord said to me. He said, that statement by itself, although I know your heart, he said, that is assigning labels. And I said, well, Lord, I said, I don't say it to be me. I said, I, I care about people. He says, yes, I know you care about people. But when you say, I believe that I love them more than they love themselves or that they, I want more for them than they want for themselves, you're setting a label or an expectation for them to arise to. And therefore, as if they don't arise to the occasion, you look at them a certain way and therefore you can pass judgment based upon what they do or don't do. And God said this to me. He said, if you'll love people, they will rise to the level of your love. Come on, man. Sometimes God just has to swatch you around a little bit, you know? But he does it in a kind way. I'm like, okay, God, I get that. Love people. And when you love people, they will rise to the level of your love. Not rising to the level of your expectation, but the level of your love. I mean, what would that look like if we as parents did that with our kids? Not set a high expectation of this is what you need to be, this is what you need to do, this is where you need to go, but to love them and love them to the level of, where, of what you want for them. Amen? I'm telling you, it's powerful if we'll choose to walk in love towards individuals. Number four. The fourth thing that we see in Jesus's interaction with his disciples we see it here in verse 17 jesus answers and says to him blessed are you son barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you 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 have received this from my father who is in heaven you received it by faith and then in verse 18 it says and i also say to you that you peter are uh, that you are peter and on this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it What Jesus is saying is that on this rock or this revelation that Jesus is Lord. That I am the Son of God. He said, this revelation that God revealed to you, that is what I will build my church upon. So in other words, the labels that we have attached to ourselves or that we have believed uh, about ourselves becomes the foundation of of our life by which we build our life upon. Amen? You know, when I... You know, Facebook is, is an amazing thing in the sense that it gives you a window into the lives of people. You know what I mean? You can see where they're at and what's going on in their lives and how things are transpiring. 
And just as of late, I remember there was this young girl that was in school. And back then, you could tell that she was just not well off. She was from a rough family. And I see her today as a grown woman that's almost 50 years old. And I see the product of the woman that she becomes now. Now, hear what I'm saying. I'm not trying to be judgmental. My point is this, is that she was raised in an environment that labeled her. And she never rose above the label of her life. She's struggling. She's hurting. She's in a bad place in life. But it was the same place that she grew up in. Isn't it sad that Oftentimes we repeat history because we're assigned with a label and that's as far as we go. I'm telling you, home, the home is such an important part of establishing the foundation of life. You know, about two months ago, maybe a little shorter, I don't know, somewhere in that time frame, we had the privilege of going down to Cedar Point and we're standing in line with one of, for one of the rides and I have my wife and my children with me. And it's the ride where it's like the old-fashioned cars. If you've ever been down to Cedar Point, it's the old-fashioned cars where you drive around the track and, you know, it just kind of guides you around. And so there's this family up in front of us. It's a man and a woman and their son, and he's probably 11, 12 years old. And I see the guy, and so he, just his appearance kind of gets my attention. You know, he's a handsome man. He's dressed, you know, decent and you know for just the casualness of a theme park and so I'm starting to think about what this guy does I wonder what he does I wonder where he lives and so just by the appearance you start assigning labels and I'm thinking well he looks like he's got life together like I said you know he's a handsome fella has a good looking family but as they stand up or get up into the entranceway, getting ready to enter into the part where the, the deck is, where you start to enter the rides, I hear the mom start bickering with the boy. And the dad turns around and says, what's going on? And she says, well, he's pouting about who's going to drive and, you know, where he's going to sit in the car. And he turns around, and this is in front of everybody. He turns around and grabs the kid by the face. He says... I'm tired of your blank. He said, I'm trying to think of how he said it. I'm tired of your blank. Get your blank together. And if you don't straighten up, I'm going to kick your blank. And he says this for everybody to see. The label that I once had for him has now changed. Because I'm thinking to myself, what kind of dad cusses out their kid, especially does it in front of everybody? Right? And I'm thinking, what's that little boy going to grow up being? He's going to grow up being the dad that cusses out his kid. Right? I'm telling you, the, the home is such a vital strategic part of building the foundation once again we see that jesus said that what is said and the labels that we receive by faith are those are those labels that will build a foundation of our life in mark's gospel chapter 2 notice what it says here 
He says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine, wine burst the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskin is ruined. But the new wine must be put into new wineskins. As I read that verse, God began to speak to my heart about some things. And so I'm going to take that scripture and it's, it's out of its context But listen to how God said this to me. He said, the old wineskins are people's pasts. Your faults, your failures. The things that people said about you. The old wineskins are those labels that have been assigned to us. Those things that we have believed about ourselves. Those labels that have uh, defined us and limited us in this life that we're living. But concerning God, he said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He says, if you be in Christ, he said, the old has passed away. And behold, all has become new. He said, you might have some old wineskins of the past. You might have some old wineskins of what people have said about you. He said, but what I put in you is brand spanking new. I put new wine in the old wineskin. And this is what the Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11. This is what God says. He says, for I know the plans and the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. So therefore, God says, let me put in you this new life. When you receive me, I put new things in you. There's a whole new label on the inside of you. And that new label, if you will allow me to put the new on the inside of you, it will burst the old wineskin, and therefore it will no longer be who you're identified as. And when it spills out, it will start to spill over you, and you'll have a brand new look about you. There will be a new label about you, and it will be what I said about you. It will be who I said you are. It's what I came to do for you. Amen. That I start to see myself the way God sees me. When I receive Christ, I receive a new label. So we could read it this way. In Jeremiah 29, 11, we could say, For I know the labels that I think about you. For I know the labels and the plans that I have for you. Those labels that I put on you, they're for peace and well-being. Those labels, they're not for disaster. But your label has a future and a hope. Woo, praise God. Amen. What have you been carrying around? What's the label that you've been identifying with? God wants to burst the old wineskin, the thing that you used to identify with, and allow him to begin a new thing on the inside. God said he's got a future for you. He wants to fulfill your heart's desires. He wants you to know that he hears you. You're loved. He says that you're an overcomer. He says that you have value and that you have worth. He says you are the one that brings him joy in his heart. You are the one that brings significance to his life. He wants you to know that in him is a new creation. Now, if you're here this morning, maybe you're here and You've never received Christ into your life. Here's a great opportunity to allow something new to take place in your life. To erase the past. I was just at a funeral the other day. A man that had touched many lives and one of his sayings was, you know what they make erasers for. (laughs) 
It erases the mistakes. That's what Jesus came to do. When he came into your life, when you allow him into your life, he says, I've got a big eraser. I erase the labels. If you're here this morning and you've never received Christ upon the conclusion of this service, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Can we all stand? So in just a moment, if you've never received Christ into your life, you've never had a new identity take place on the inside, I'm going to give you that opportunity. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you're saying, you know what, I've, I've just been playing games with God. I've just not been serious. And so today I really want to allow God to do a new work in my life so that that label can change. I want to just recommit my life to God. This is your day. But then lastly, for every single person that's in here, as you've walked in, you received a badge, a label, and on it was blank. There was nothing on it. Clean slate. But in the last song that we sing before we let you go, and listen to me, I want you to take this serious. How many of you know that God wants to speak to your heart? He loves you. And we have allowed the noise of this world and all the failures and everything else that everybody else has said, and we've rewound the tape and watched the video again to condemn ourselves. But God says, I've made the slate clean. As we begin to sing that last song, I want you to ask God, God, what's my label? What are you speaking to my heart? And I guarantee you that if you'll listen, you'll hear God speaking a word that labels you. If it's condemning, it's not from God. If it's encouraging, if it's affirming, it's from God. If it helps you believe, take the next step, that's from God. And I asked God this morning, I said, God, what's my label? I said, because I want to know. And it came quick. That's why I'm saying I know that God will speak to your heart. I'm downstairs in my office this morning. And I said, God, what's my label? He said, called. <laughs> I'm called. I'm called into the ministry. I'm called his son. I'm called faithful. I'm called his own. <laughs> Amen. And again, that just ministered to me because I needed to hear that this morning. So I know that God's going to talk to you and he's going to speak to you. And I want you to take the time to write that on your label. What God speaks to your heart. Don't let it depart from your eyes. Put it on the refrigerator. Put it on the vanity. Put it on the the, the bathroom mirror. Put it in your car somewhere that you can see it. So that when all those other labels start to attach themselves, you can say, wait a minute. That's what God said about me. Amen. And with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you've never received Christ into your life or you're here this morning saying, man, I've just been, I've been in a tailwind. I've just been, 
I've just been in the desert for a while and I just want to recommit my heart to God. I'm going to count to three. With nobody looking around, I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to embarrass you. But just on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand high and hold it up just so I can recognize you. Just so I can see your hand. So if you're here, I want to receive Christ. Or you're here and you say, I want to recommit my life. On the count of three. One, two, three. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. You can put it down once you put it up. I see that hand. Thank you. Amen. I see five hands. Anybody else? You'd say, that's me. I just want to make a decision. Today's my day that I'm going to identify with the label that God has for me. Anybody else? All right. Let's pray this prayer together. Let's make this our declaration. Let's assign this label to ourselves right now. Dear Heavenly Father, everybody together, thank you for your Son that you sent Him for me to die for my sins. He went to the cross, went to the grave, but then rose from the dead to set me free. Therefore, I receive forgiveness of my sin, newness of life, and I receive my new label right now. I'm a child of God. I am free from sin, and I am yours. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites, which can be found at our website, gvchurch.tv. We know that today's message has been a blessing to you. Thanks for listening. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.